episode of the Elemental Evan show. Today we are going to be covering a very hot topic, not like the store, we're talking about something a little different. That is alcohol. I already know I got some people interested right there. Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna get into this one. So today specifically we're going to cover how to recover from a night of drinking. So you know going out you know, just going to kill a drink or two turns into six or seven drinks. This is where we got you right now. Okay, so to just get into this, I'm going to start with an interesting fact. And that is that there was some recent findings in China and there were chemical tests done on ancient fragments of broken pottery from China that Chinese uh, that showed that Chinese villagers were brewing alcoholic drinks as far back as 7,000 BC. People were getting crunk back in the day even, maybe even a little bit more than today. Uh, but that's just crazy, that's a really long time. So alcohol has been around for an extremely long time. It's a part of the culture um, and handled in proper settings. I think it's, it's fine to indulge in. Uh, but obviously there is the other side, which is an excessive drinking route. So let's get into this. What is alcohol? Alcohol is also referred to as ethyl alcohol or ethanol, which is an intoxicating ingredient found in beer, wine, and liquor. Alcohol is produced by the fermentation of yeast, sugars, and starches. Okay. Alcohol affects every organ in the body. It is a central nervous system depressant that is rapidly absorbed from the stomach and small intestine into the bloodstream. Alcohol is metabolized in the liver by enzymes. However, the liver can only metabolize a small amount of alcohol at a time, leaving the excess alcohol to circulate throughout the body. Okay, are we getting that? We following along? I hope I'm not moving too fast. Um, the intensity of the effect of alcohol on the body is directly related to the amount consumed, which ultimately means that getting drunk occurs when you consume alcohol faster than you can break it down. This is obvious. This is why people are taking shots and they're not, you know, babysitting that beer over there. Uh, yeah, because that's the way you feel it a lot quicker is to increase the amount of alcohol you're taking in a shorter amount of time. So... Uh, that's basically what alcohol is. Now, moving on to how alcohol actually gets you drunk, this is going to mainly take place in the liver, which is pretty obvious. Uh, we associate kind of the bad effects of alcohol with the liver mainly, and that is true because the liver is obviously a, uh, a organ based on filtration and uh, you know cleansing of the liquids that you're taking in. So. Um, let's see, once you start consuming alcohol, your liver begins breaking it down. An enzyme released by the liver called alcohol, 
once again, sorry for this, dehydrogenase is responsible for breaking down alcohol to acetaldehyde. I know I'm saying that wrong. Uh, sorry about that. And that is then further broken down into acetic acid. Okay, so there's a little bit of a process there where your your liver is releasing that hormone for, or uh, nope, sorry, releasing an enzyme. And then that enzyme is then further breaking down the alcohol to particulates that are going to be more uh, easily processed down by your body and then made able to exit the body as well. So uh, your body sees alcohol as a type of poison that it can't store and therefore it begins breaking it down to get rid of it and the alcohol which is broken down into a number of different chemicals by your liver uh, they are then processed out of the liver and then excreted by the body typically through uh, urine or even can be through your breath uh, and a few other methods as well now Alcohol is absorbed into the bloodstream, primarily through the stomach, about roughly 20% of the alcohol you drink uh, is uh, entered into the bloodstream through the stomach, while the rest of it gets into your bloodstream via your small intestine. Now, if you have food in your stomach, the alcohol will stick around longer, um, which kind of slows down that process of being absorbed into the bloodstream. So it does kind of slow down the process of you feeling the effects of the alcohol. Uh, however, if you do not have very much food in your stomach, you are going to feel the effects of alcohol much, much faster. Now, alcohol moves relatively quick, quickly within your bloodstream as the alcohol moves throughout the bloodstream to various parts of the body, it starts to have different effects on the body, uh, basically because your liver is still working on breaking it down, but it hasn't broken down enough of the alcohol yet. So the alcohol is now going to other parts of your body and causing different, uh, different effects there. Now, something that we all, every, everyone pretty much experiences right when you start drinking, uh, this feeling of your skin kind of flushing or that feeling of temporary warmth or rapid increase in your body temperature, as well as a drop in your blood pressure. Now, this is what happens because alcohol causes your blood vessels to widen. So that's what is first primarily happening. And these are usually the first signs of, uh, you know, consumption of alcohol, really. Now, Alcohol can actually hit you pretty fast. So it typically reaches your brain within five minutes and you can begin feeling the effects within 10 minutes. So once again, that is probably going to vary in time depending on how much food you have in your system, uh, maybe how hydrated you are. There could be a few other stipulations there, uh, but that's just a general rule of thumb. So it is, it is actually very quick acting. Um, now, when the concentration of alcohol begins to increase in your bloodstream, you'll start to feel good. Uh, and this feeling of happiness and kind of social confidence and just being able to maybe have a little bit more, you know, that liquid courage uh, that you wouldn't normally have, uh, that is because alcohol stimulates the release of dopamine and serotonin, which are rightfully referred to as your feel-good hormones. So this is one of the main reasons why People enjoy 
consuming alcohol is because it releases this dopamine and serotonin, kind of gives you a euphoric feel. Um, you're happier. You're just having a good time. And, you know, you're, you're branching out into areas that you maybe normally wouldn't be branching out into. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's not really... There are some good things as well to alcohol. Uh, it's not all bad. Um, however, let's see. As you get drunker, you'll start to experience more physical symptoms. This happens because alcohol depresses your central nervous system and interferes with your brain's communication pathways. Okay, so these effects are seen as slurred speech, loss of coordination, blurred vision, dizziness. We all know that person. That person walking walking through the club, through the bar, bumping, knocking drinks. It's not really a night out if you don't have one of those people. Uh, but anyway, so that's basically what's happening is the alcohol is affecting the brain's ability to process information as well as to kind of communicate with uh, the different functions throughout the body. Uh, so that's what tends to lead to uh, that, that stumbling around going on. Um, now, on that note, your brain starts to produce the ADH hormone or the antidiuretic hormone, which we covered in the last episode. But on the flip side, it is telling your... So the ADH is actually being limited and not released by the body because it is telling the kidneys how much water to conserve. So basically, alcohol limits that ADH production, encouraging the body to pee more frequently, which can lead to the dehydration. Now, this is kind of just an interesting fact, but some of the alcohol you drink even makes it into your lungs. You actually breathe out about 8% of the alcohol you drink. That's pretty crazy, but also makes a lot of sense being that they use a breathalyzer test. And yeah, it would kind of make sense. It's like just because your breath kind of smells like alcohol, you know, that, that wouldn't really pick up on the breathalyzer. But no, it's because actually a percentage of the alcohol in your system is being released through your lungs. Um, also, on that note, uh, actually, you do kind of burn fat through breath as well. And that's for a whole nother topic, but just thought it was very interesting. Okay, so overall, when it comes to booze, your liver is working hard, oxidizing most of the alcohol and converting it to water and carbon monoxide. And that's so that it can be processed and sent out of your body. Now, we're gonna get into it a little bit. So, if you have these nights out pretty often, then more than likely you have probably blacked out. Now, according to the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, an estimated 25% of adults binge drink every month, and not surprisingly, nearly 50% of adults have experienced a blackout from drinking. Um, yeah, this is definitely a pretty common thing. I think a lot of people that I know personally have blacked out at least once or twice. Um, it's a pretty weird phenomenon that goes on, so let's kind of go into it and see what's happening here. So, a blackout from drinking is when a person experiences temporary memory loss and a feeling of lost time. During a blackout, a person is not unconscious. In fact, many people, many people, 
in a blackout, continue to engage socially, and even continue to drink. However, they will not have any recollection of their actions during a blackout the following day. So basically, someone could seem like they are completely 100% there, but the following day, nothing is going to be up in that noggin of that moment, at least. Okay, so binge drinking is the primary cause of an alcohol blackout. The more alcohol a person consumes in a set amount of time, the more likely he or she is to experience a blackout. A rapid rise in blood alcohol levels is what ultimately causes a blackout to occur. Therefore, if blackouts are an issue for you and you have not slowed up on your drinking yet, this is a good sign to at least disperse the amount of drinks you're having within a night so that it's not all just hitting you hard right away, giving you a higher likelihood of having a blackout. Now, it's believed that as blood alcohol rises, the brain is unable to transfer short-term memories into long-term memories. So this means that during a blackout, someone may be able to recall something a few minutes after it happened, but they might not remember it several hours later. So there's kind of a few different methods and forms of blacking out. Uh, it could be spotty, where maybe you don't really remember everything, but then uh, if someone kind of reminds you about it, it can come back to you, or it could just be a segment of the night that is just completely gone. Uh, so during a blackout, the hippocampus in the brain is unable to form long-term memories, just as we had covered. Um, as a result, a person can fail to remember large chunks of time despite being conscious, which is also really crazy because you know, I think a lot of people kind of think when you black out, your consciousness kind of like you're not really conscious, like maybe you're asleep or something like sleepwalking, but actually you are conscious. It's just that your your mind is not consolidating those memories into long term memories. So then. As I covered, everyone experiences an alcohol blackout differently. Some people may struggle to stand or speak properly during a blackout, but other were, others can appear completely fine and seem like nothing's really going on, even though they are completely blacked out at that point, quote unquote, which is kind of hard to know because it's not until later that you would technically find out that you were blacked out, but yeah. Uh, and then many people who are in a blackout can still eat, talk, walk, and perform other various activities this is because many parts of the brain are alcohol tolerant and continue to function as normal despite, despite high blood alcohol levels, uh, which can make it really hard to tell if someone is actually blacked out. Um, basically, just in general, uh, you know, drink responsibly. Drink in moderation. If you want to go crazy, so be it. But be careful for that blackout. Okay. Now. One more thing on alcohol, not really to paint it in a bad light, but just to give you the facts on it, is just that 17.6 million people, or one in every 12 adult, suffer from alcohol abuse or dependence along with several million more who engage in drinking patterns that could lead to alcohol dependence. Now, on that note, I think it's important to say that obviously 
alcohol is habit forming. And yes, you could even go as far as to say addictive. I personally, and this is just my choice here, but I don't classify alcohol necessarily as something that's, I guess you'd say like addictive, which it can be, I understand that, but I just feel that I don't want to take away from other harsher uh, substances that are very, very uh, addictive and, and demanding of the body. Uh, obviously, alcohol can get to that point, and it is so widely used, so people do get to that point. And I think that it is also important that if you are experiencing any um, you know, symptoms of alcohol addiction, seek out the help. It's absolutely, I, I, you really shouldn't feel any shame around it. Obviously, 17.6 million people or one in every 12 adults, you know, has a little bit of an issue with controlling their alcohol consumption. So it's really, it shouldn't be something that we make taboo. I mean, this, ne this needs to be normalized. And if you need help, uh, then absolutely go seek it out and don't feel any shame around that. Uh, also on that note, it's important to know that really anything can become addictive to an extent. Um, I mean, even with me, take my coffee away for a day, man, I'm having withdrawals, which really is not a good thing. Um, we need to find balance in our life here. But I just felt that it was important to state that it's not just the alcohol. I mean, really anything can become addictive if you allow it to be. So onto the good stuff now. All right. So you're out. You've had a great night. Now you need to know how to recover. We are going to go over from the day before to the day after of drinking to really cover how to recover and negate a lot of the effects of alcohol. So number one, the following night before you go drinking, let's go, let's say you go drinking on a Saturday night. Okay. Friday night, you should be in bed at a good time, getting your full night's rest. The reason for that is because the following night, you're probably going to lose a lot of that sleep, which is just something that I think you should kind of account for and realize that that's going to be the case and plan accordingly. Now, on that note, this is super obvious. I feel that everyone should know this if you don't already know this by now, but drink water. Just drink as much water as you can. So before you start drinking alcohol, during, while you're drinking alcohol, and even after you're drinking alcohol, you should be consuming water for sure. Um, this is going to help dilute the alcohol in your body as well as maybe help slow the absorption of it uh, just so it doesn't hit you so hard. Now, uh, another thing can be to not eat on an empty stomach. And you hear this a lot where people, uh, you know, they haven't had anything to eat and then they have one drink and it's, you know, bam, they just hit them like a, a wall and they're already feeling the effects of that one drink. So maybe having a little something in the stomach can help slow that absorption rate and take a little bit more time. Uh, maybe you're just trying to feel the effects after one drink. I don't know. Then go ahead and uh, maybe just skip that meal. I wouldn't recommend, but that's up to you. Um, all right. So now this one is, this little piece of advice is a good one, but I think it's also kind of impractical, but I felt like it was still worth throwing in there. So if you can stop drinking around two hours before you're going to go to bed, this would be pretty ideal for your body because alcohol is basically keeping your body from entering certain sleep stages during the night. So specifically, I believe it was REM sleep um, is inhibited because 
your body is having a hard time actually reaching that state of sleep while still having a certain level of alcohol in the blood. So if you're able to get to bed uh, or stop drinking two hours before bed, then that's great. But I think that's probably more applicable if you're just going out for a drink or two with a couple of friends. Um, but if you could do it for a hard night out, then go for that as well. Uh, now, on that note, as far as waking up that following day, if you know you need to be at work on Monday and you have to wake up early, it's actually probably going to be a better idea for you to wake up at a good hour that, so if you drink Saturday night, then wake up at, you know, kind of an early hour on that Sunday morning. It doesn't have to be super early, but something to help keep your circadian rhythm in line. Your circadian rhythm is like an internal clock and it basically tells you when to get tired and when to wake up. So if you're able to wake up kind of early, you're going to help keep that circadian rhythm in line. So then that way on Monday, when you wake up for work, it's not such a battle to just peel yourself out of that bed in the morning. Uh, I know we've all been there. So if you're able to wake up at a good time the following morning, I know it feels good to sleep in, but it really is beneficial for you to wake up. Now, for hydration purposes, obviously, as I stated, you should be drinking the whole night water. Uh, and at the end of the night, try to really drink some water to start flushing out the alcohol. But if you're able to that night or definitely in the morning, you should try to drink something such as coconut water or some kind of a drink with a lot of electrolytes in it. And this is because your body's going to be so depleted of different minerals and vitamins and electrolytes that uh, are easy to replenish, but they you really need to focus on trying to get them into your body. So drinking up a lot of coconut water is a really good idea, or there are sports drinks. I don't really recommend them because they are so high in sugar, and I think it's better if you try to maybe uh, just drink something that has just the electrolytes. They have these little packets of uh, one company called Element, L-M-N-T. Uh, they produce these uh, packets of basically just minerals and salts and they are quite tasty really but you know they don't have any of the sugar so uh, that's going to be much better for you um, if you don't have access to that that's fine um, but as well with the coconut water because i love to drink a good glass or two of coconut water the next day but what i'll try to do is i also add a little bit of spirulina or chlorella or chlorophyll uh, which spirulina and chlorella have really high contents of minerals in them as well as they help to restore and rebuild and cleanse the blood so it's kind of a really good method to clean out the blood and and flush out any any toxins that might be still left in there um, it's just it's a good method to practice and i really do notice the difference when i wake up that morning and just start pounding the coconut water and water and spirulina and all those good things so okay so you're going to want to rehydrate and get those good minerals inside. And on that note as well, you might want to take some water-soluble vitamins. Uh, so these would be uh, B vitamins or C vitamins. And that's just basically because they're water-soluble vitamins, which means that your body will process them uh, through urination. So any excess amounts would be uh, exited through uh, your pee, basically. Um, so it's important because since you've been peeing so much all night, to go ahead and try to replenish those. So on that note as well, you are losing a lot of different minerals. So 
another recommendation is maybe doing a smoothie in the morning where uh, you incorporate cacao, uh, raw cacao, which is basically um, chocolate in its raw form. And the reason I recommend cacao is just because it is high in things such as iron, zinc, magnesium, uh, things that your body is going to be losing and also requiring you to replenish. So maybe even doing a smoothie in the morning with cacao and coconut water and spirulina, uh, that could be a really solid mix right there. Um, and then also on that note, you know, everybody knows about the hangover foods. Usually it's some kind of a soup. Uh, every country kind of has its own uh, unique hangover food, I feel. But the reason soups are typically really good for a hangover is because they also have a bone broth typically with uh, in, you know, the, the liquid itself is like a bone broth. So I know, for example, in South America, they, uh, they consume a soup called sancocho. And in that broth, you have meat that's been just soaking in there and releasing all the good benefits and minerals and vitamins from the the carcass of that animal or you know usually it's chicken or something of that sort and uh, that's just really good for replenishing the body so that's kind of the reason why a soup or some kind of hangover, hangover food is usually pretty good for you the following day um and yeah that's pretty much it as far as recovering and taking care post and before uh, drinking. Now, uh, you know, alcohol, er, er, you know, most people drink it and it's fun. I, I think maybe in, in moderation, it's a little bit better. Uh, that's kind of up to you, but really at the end of the day, just practice moderation with everything. Be safe when you're drinking, follow these tips to try to negate some of the ef negative effects from alcohol and just have a good time. And on that note, get out and socialize. If, if going out and getting a drink with a friend is something that gets you out of the house and socializing and creating better and stronger relationships and bonds with your friends or families or close uh, people to you, then really I think any method of doing that is a good thing because having good relationships is super important. So if that means going out and grabbing a drink or two, have at it and follow these steps to try to negate the negative effects. Well, that takes us, brings us to the end of our episode. I wanted to thank all of you so, so much for all the love and support that you've been giving me. It's been overwhelming and incredible. I cannot thank all of you enough. It means so much to me. So please keep tuning in. And if you're able, please leave a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening to me on. And please leave a review. This goes very far for helping others find my podcast and spreading my information. Thank you all very much. I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. Until then, be healthy. <laughs>